Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are you tired of dating really needy people? Feeling suffocated and smothered and frustrated? Would you like to put an end to that and get your peace and sanity and find a partner that is a little more even keel? Well... That's what we're going to do today. We're going to tell you why that is, or we, I guess it's me. Let me tell you why it is. Why do you keep attracting these overly needy people and that suffocate you? And maybe they didn't start out that way, but, you know, after being with them for a little bit, it just gets worse and worse and worse, and you're just overwhelmed by it and frustrated. Of, Man, it just keeps happening. So let's discuss what that is and why it happens. Well, the reason that we attract needy people is, and this will, this might be a little tough to hear, um, but it's because of us. It's not because of them. Ultimately, the reason we attract really needy people is we are afraid of intimacy, of getting close to somebody. Now, that may sound counterintuitive. You're like, what? No, that's what I want. They just, they're too much. Well, do you see how that keeps us from experiencing intimacy? If somebody is too clingy and needy, what do we get to do? Leave them. Get frustrated. Push them away. Ignore them. Find reasons to be busy and not spend time with them. So, what do we end up with? No connection, no intimacy. See, everyone we pick is a direct reflection. Anything we see in them that we don't quite like. That's just a reflection of ourselves. Something going on inside of us. They're actually not the problem. Now, I'm not denying they're needy. But the reason we're attracted to that neediness, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're picking somebody, you know, who's very standoffish. You know, that's not what this video is about. But the point is, is the reason we're attracting and picking these people is to show us something in ourselves that we haven't quite figured out that we need to address and overcome. And so they're a wonderful gift and opportunity. There's, you know, in many ways, it's like, Quit pushing them away. They're there to teach you about you and what you're wanting help with in your life and how you want to grow as an individual so that you can gain true connection and intimacy in a relationship. But because most of the information that's out there is too superficial, you're not getting the solution. And you're thinking, well, you know, the, the, I, I see online a lot of the stuff is, well, you know, tell them, you know, you know they give you these little ideas of, well, ask them to tone it down a little bit or things like that. They're not getting to the root cause of it. And so that's what I'm going to do is the root cause. What causes us to be so suffocated? Well, that's something called, it has many terms. It can be called a um, sexual anorexic, an emotional anorexic, emotional avoidant, love avoidant. And um, what it, what it, the, where it comes from is what it tells me is that in your childhood, you were suffocated emotionally. Think of an umbilical cord. An umbilical cord is meant to feed the child, right? Well, somebody who attracts really needy people, 
That's because one or both parents actually did the opposite. They suffered, they sucked all the emotional energy out of their child to feed them because we don't teach these things. Your parents aren't bad people. They didn't know they were doing this. They were trying to love and care for you, but they couldn't meet their own emotional needs, so they used the child to do it. And so you grew up feeling suffocated and smothered by parents who did that. It was funny. I got um, a request on LinkedIn on Friday, uh, a girl who's looking to get into this business. She's talking to life coaches and, um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who she wants to help. And as I started talking to her, um, she didn't know exactly, you know, which way she wanted to go. Like, does she want to work with people in this or this? And, and I kept asking her questions. And the truth is she didn't know anything. She's tried multiple careers. She's bounced all over the place. She doesn't know what she wants. Well, I simply asked her, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Oh, it was perfect. That's what everyone says. Oh, my childhood was perfect. And I said, really? I said, well, tell me a little bit more. She was the middle child, two brothers, and her parents traveled a lot. And so she was forced to become the mother. She was the mother to two brothers at a very young age. Well, do you see what that means? She never got the chance to live her life. Emotionally, the brothers came to her for emotional support. Her parents weren't around, and as she said, the only times they'd pop in was for emotional support. She was completely unaware that she'd spent her whole life having no clue what she wanted to do in her life. Because I asked her several questions like, who's the, the, the greatest question you can ask somebody is, you know, who's, who do you want to help? Whatever the career is, whether it's real estate, finance, whatever. Well, I want to have somebody that's lost, that, um, you know, is un, doesn't know their future, doesn't know their goals, um, doesn't know their ultimate purpose in life. What she was describing was herself. See, if you, you want to figure out what you need to work on yourself, write down your ideal client. Whatever industry you're in, write down your ideal client, the person you want to help, and the person you're describing is yourself. All of their problems are your problems. Things from your own childhood that you experienced that you haven't addressed. And as I reflected that back to her, it was a bit overwhelming for her. She's young. She has had this belief system her childhood was perfect and um, she's just finding out for the first time, my God, I was suffocated as a child, so no wonder I can't make a decision. I can't stay to any career because I have no clue who I am. I had to give my life away to take care of my brothers and to take care of my parents. Now, this suffocation can happen in many ways. Um, Parents can get divorced and one or both parents emotionally, you know, they'll tell all the details of the divorce. They basically make a surrogate spouse out of the child. The golden child, the one who's perfect and always gets praised for being perfect because maybe the brothers and sisters were in trouble and that's what happened to her. She was the golden child. Well, think of the pressure of that. I have to live up to that. That's overwhelming emotionally. I can't ever be wrong or make a mistake or I'll lose mom and dad's affection. That's another uh, situation. Did you have a parent who was sick or hurt a lot or had an addiction? You know, in some way, look through your childhood and you're going to see if you are the type that's attracting needy people, you were asked as a child to support mom, dad, brothers, sisters, or everybody emotionally. And so the request for intimacy is absolutely overwhelming. It's triggering 
that same dynamic as a child. You don't even realize it. You can, just like her, she was in her 20s. Um, but many people, I have many clients, 40s and 50s, same reaction. They don't know that all their life, the reason they've been pushing relationship away is whenever a request for intimacy comes in, they drop to childhood, 3, 4, 7, 8, 10, 12, 16 years old. They don't even know. They're in, they're in a state called the adapted wounded child. But we don't talk about these things. Like I said, the information that's out there is just so superficial and inadequate on how to deal with these things. All the dating coaches just give you manipulations. They don't deal with the core issues of what's really going on, and that's why dating coaches and all that stuff don't work because they're just teaching you how to manipulate each other and not heal. So... Ultimately, that's what you're struggling with is something called emotional avoidance. Um, you are a, a love avoidant, um, not, not by choice, not because you're bad, but as a defense mechanism to being so suffocated emotionally as a child. Now, let's get to the solutions here. What are our options? Well, you can work with someone like myself, but many people are hesitant, like, well, I'm not ready for that. Let me get more information on this. Let me see if you're right. So... I have some great recommendations for you. This book, Barbara Engel. Do you see it? Barbara Engel, The Emotionally Abusive Relationship. Now, this makes you think that, um, you know, it's about maybe you were abused emotionally in a relationship. And there's some of that. But really what this is, is a, oh, I almost swore, a top-notch, really great book to show you how your parents were perfectly imperfect, and they created, you know, especially in this case, uh, the emotional avoidant. And so you're going to, for the first time, come into reality of how your, your parents adore you. Again, society-wise, we don't teach this stuff. They didn't know that what we consider normal and loving parenting is actually very traumatic and leaves long-standing wounds and scars. Um, and so they're not bad or anything. They did the best they could. They just weren't taught this. But you're finally going to get free. You're going to be like, oh, my God, it all makes sense. Yeah, mom did that. Dad did that. Now I know why. No wonder when my partner touches me this way, I go, ooh, God, leave me alone. Or they say this phrase, mom, dad said the same thing just before they'd hug me. And I always felt when they hugged me that I had to, it was about them, you know, um, so it's all going to make sense why you're drawn to these people. So that's the first thing you're going to learn about the golden child. You're going to learn about all these different perfectly imperfect parenting styles that were less than perfect and get into reality and, and start to see the correlations of how your childhood, because again, I always say this 80% of people think their childhood was perfect, which is absolutely impossible. None of us have had a perfect childhood. It's just I mean, we're human, but we're in such denial about it, mostly because we don't have the information. So this will break down the denial. You'll get into reality. And, and I know there's a fear there of, wait a minute, don't make me go look at that. You're going to make me hate my parents. The truth is this. You know how your parents frustrate you right now and you can't spend much time around them because they're so suffocating? When you learn about this stuff, the exact opposite is going to happen. You're going to see that suffocation. You're going to learn the skills and tools and go, ah, poor thing, they're just hurting but you can absorb it. It doesn't affect you. And you actually enjoy them. For the first time in your life, 
you're going to feel connected and close to them. That's the beauty of learning this stuff. It has the opposite effect. It creates connection. It, it removes the disconnection and the frustration. And I know everyone thinks, God, I don't want, I don't want to know this because then I'll hate my parents or you're asking me, Kenny, to throw my parents under the bus. But the, the truth is the opposite happens. You end up having tremendous respect and empathy and closeness with your parents because you're finally in reality. All the resentment is gone. All the anger is gone because you understand they were just doing the best they could. They're not even aware that the way they parent is hurtful to you. They're not aware. And that'll bring you peace. You'll understand why they do it and where it's coming from. So that's the first piece, the Emotionally Abusive Relationship by Barbara Engel. The next one... Uh, the next two books are by the same author. I recommend her all the time. Pia Melody, Facing Codependence. A love avoidant is actually picking what's called a love addict, which we'll talk about in a second. And it's every relationship, all relationships all of us have ever pursued is codependence. None of us have been shown what true love is. What we think is love is massively addictive codependence. Highly toxic Highly dysfunctional. That's why the divorce rate is over 50%. But what we think is love, that butterfly feeling and all of that is massive codependence. It's not love. It's pure toxicity. The Bachelor and all the models we've seen, uh, you know, the movie. I love all these movies, The Notebook and all that. They're fun to watch. But you never want a relationship like that because that is pure evil dysfunction. Well, I shouldn't say evil. It's pure fantasy and pure dysfunction. It's not true love. And, but that's what we think it is. And so what all, we're produ- all, we're ch- all, all of us, all we are chasing is pure codependence. So you're going to learn about your side of the dynamic as the avoidant and the other side of the dynamic. Because when you are suffocated like that, you become what's called over-empowered. All right? And because you were for like that girl I talked about, you know, she's the parent to two kids. Well, that gives her tremendous power but it's also massively abandoning. Do you see that? No one's there to take care of her. And that's why you need this book. I'm dead serious about this. I've said this every time I offer this book up, Facing Love Addiction by Pia Melody. This book should be required reading before any single person ever goes on a single date, ever. And if you're married, if you haven't read this book and there's any struggle in your marriage, it's because of... These three books, you don't have this information. All of these childhood dynamics, the less than perfect parenting you experience, the codependence, and you, every relationship, one person is primarily the love addict, one is primarily the love avoidant. What we think is love is just love addiction and love avoidance. And so real quick, I'm going to give you a breakdown of the needy person and the avoidant person. Okay? So you have the love avoidant and the love addict. They're the needy one. All right, so the love avoidant, their primary fear is intimacy. Don't get close to me. Their subconscious fear is abandonment. Don't leave me. The addict, it's the exact opposite. Their primary fear is abandonment. Their secondary fear is intimacy. So do you see how they're polar opposites? So since their fear is intimacy and theirs is abandonment, the abandonment causes them to chase you and suffocate you. But do you see, like we talked about, Their fear is intimacy. So someone who's suffocating us, they can never attach to. And so that's why they pick them. It keeps them safe. So what happens, though, is this gives them tremendous power. Like, they're attracted to them because they're so needy. They can rescue them. 
they can, you know, they come to, they're so open and vulnerable and, oh my God, the poor thing, I'm just going to rescue him. But eventually that neediness becomes too much. And so avoidance always have what's called outside intensity, something that's more important than the relationship. Careers. They'll, they'll generally get sick and hurt. You'll see this. People get married and the avoidant will instantly get a disease or something like that so that they're not available. It happens all the time. You notice how married couples, the second, the night of their wedding, everything switches? That's because these dynamics triggered. And so the avoidant freaks out. Like happened to, to my first wife. The second we got together, she developed migraines. She was never available in the relationship. Couldn't be. She got sick and she was constantly on pills and drugs, all in and out of hospitals, never available emotionally. All right. So they'll do that. They'll, they'll overattach to animals. They'll overattach to kids, their career. They may have outside addictions or affairs. Something is always more important. So when the addict chases too much, they go pursue that. They turn away from them. Well, the addict chases for a while until they get into reality of, my God, they're not here because they give up their whole life, their friends, their family, their career. They will sacrifice their soul because remember their fear is abandonment. And so they let everything go. But eventually they hit reality and they turn away. They go out with a friend. They stop talking. They get pouty, passive aggressive. They shut down. And for a little bit, the avoidance like, oh, I can finally breathe. They're not suffocating me. But remember what their subconscious fear is abandonment. Once it gets too quiet, they turn back. And you know this experience. Then they come to you. I'm so sorry. You're right. We need to plan a date night. We need, we need to plan a trip. We, I've just been too busy with work. With a, Yes, I'm sorry. And the addict's like, see? And they come together for this high intense emotional sexual connection. And that process just keeps going over and over and over. And it speeds up. It actually, I have clients in my office Literally, in a sentence, they just, I watch them go, <laughs> trading positions. Okay? So ultimately, the avoidant, the sad part with the avoidant is they're the most difficult to, tr to treat because it's a power position. And do you see what they're going to have to admit to get help? They're going to have to admit that they're wrong. They're going to have to admit that they need help. Well, that's a loss of power. Well, that makes them vulnerable. What's their greatest fear? Intimacy, being known. They will vary. If you're an avoidant and you've stayed hanging in this long, that's rare. Very rare. Most would have tuned out and gone, yeah, this is too intense. Don't want to hear it. Emotionally, they would have checked out. If you're still here, man, you're this close to saving your life. Please grab this lifeline because you're this close. But avoidance are almost impossible to treat because to heal this, they have to be vulnerable. They have to be intimate. That's their primary fear. Addicts are the best to work with because their fear is abandonment. They're like, look, I'll do anything. Just don't leave me. And if I can heal this and end this abandonment, I will, I'll show up every day for counseling, for your groups, read your books. I'll do everything. This side of the dynamic, they're the ones in the relationship who are constantly trying to get into counseling. The avoidant is trying to avoid it. The difficulty, and this is heartbreaking too, the avoidant is never in a relationship, ever, because it's a power position. They'd never want to lose their power because if they drop their power, they'd be intimate. And so if you're an avoidant, you're never 
actually attaching to somebody. You're constantly avoiding relationship. And that's a heartbreaking reality. And so I really encourage you, again, if you've lasted this long, man, you must be begging for help because it's rare. But if you've lasted this long, I beg you, work with someone like myself who's an expert in these dynamics because your life, you're missing out on the richness of life. And, and there's a lot of sadness here. Now, they, that's the problem. They'll think, well, I'm not sad. I'm fine because they don't feel. They've shut themselves off from feeling. So like, yeah, I don't even feel what he's talking about. I hear what he's saying, but I don't feel any of that. They're so numb because they got so suffocated. They just learned to shut everything off. And so it's learning to reattach to life, reattach to those feelings, and actually grieve tremendous pain. Now, I know that sounds scary of what? I don't want to feel pain. But do you see all the pain you're already in? Do you see all the confusion and how nothing's working? Your life is filled with pain. You may not be feeling it, but you're experiencing it. And our attempts to avoid pain is what creates pain. When we face pain, we alleviate pain. It disappears. It's just like blowing a smoke ring and popping it. The second we turn, turn towards it, and Pia talks about it. She calls it joy pain. Once you make the choice to face these dynamics, because everyone's sitting here going, wow, I'm both, Kenny. I need help with all this. But man, that's too much pain. I don't want to deal with it. And literally, just like Pia says, it's joy pain. All it takes is making the choice. Once you make the choice, you realize all of these things you've been making up about how painful it is, not even true. It's actually joy. Like you get to this side and you're like, wow, this is a little uncomfortable, but my God, my life is so much better. I feel so much joy. And at that point, you can look back and go, wow, my fear of not doing this and staying all there, that was the pain. You can't see or feel it now. You'll only notice it. You'll only notice that massive disparity once you choose to work with someone like myself and go through this process. And you realize, oh my God, Pia calls it joy pain. Because we think it's pain, but it's actually joy. Your joy in life is on this side. You're stuck here. If you choose to stay stuck here, you're choosing a life of poor health, poor relationships, loneliness, emptiness, hopelessness, powerlessness, frustration, victimhood, just repeating the same life story you've had. The only shot you have to turn that around, to gain safety, trust, connection, sex that you enjoy and you're okay with, spontaneity, excitement, joy is to turn towards learning about these dynamics, facing that our parents were just amazing, just perfectly imperfect, facing that we're all codependent, facing that we're all, you know, on the spectrum of love addict and love avoidant. None of us are bad. We're just on the journey. And as I go towards the journey, my journey just gets filled with joy. So, that's the choice in front of you. If you need help doing that, please email me, kw at kennyweiss.net. That's kw at kennyweiss.net. I have programs and working with people individually to what easily walk you through all of this hand by hand, you know, just holding your hand so you can experience the joy that's waiting for you. All right. Have a great day, everyone.